Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Father, we ask in very simple faith that you will cause your word to do exactly what you've planned it to do. Father, let it bring encouragement, let it bring strength, and let it bring insight. Most of all, my Father, let it cause a renewal of who we are and what we are. Father, wherever the, the person is listening to this, anywhere in the world, Father, let your word do exactly what you have planned it to do. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, today, the title of my message is actually quite simple. The title of my message is The Pattern of the New. Now, when I say patterns, when you're reading the Bible, as for those of you that do any kind of DIY, many times you are given a whole bunch of pieces of wood, metal, and plastic. They look nothing like what you're building. But then on top of that pile, there is always a document that has a picture of what you are about to build on the front, and then it has steps in it. As long as you follow the steps, the genius of the people that created the flows through you. And at the end of it, you can pretend, like I do very regularly, that you are a master carpenter or a master builder. And so, ladies and gentlemen, today we are looking at what we call the pattern of the new, because the Bible is a book of patterns. And so, ladies and gentlemen, sit down at home, wherever you are. If you are in the service, you will need something to write on. And then here we go. And the first thing we want to look at when we talk about the new is this. Whenever God wants to introduce the new into the world, he will always precede it with revelation. Now, let me explain what I mean there. Revelation is something revealed where God reveals himself into the world so that something new or something unseen will happen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what do we mean? Our scripture, the first one that we'll look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verses 9 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verses 9 to 12. The Bible says the following. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are given to us freely. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the key, the first thing I want you to remember about the new is this. Whenever God wants to bring the new into the world, it will always be preceded by revelation a revelation of himself and a revelation of what he is about to do and a revelation of what he has planned. Revelation is key. And that's why that scripture is really important. And it's this. 
You cannot separate revelation from the word of God. You'll notice in the scripture, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. That means when God wants to introduce the new to you, he will do so through his word. He will do so through you spending time with him. And I mean spending time with him away from everything else. And so as we realize this, and so why is this important? It's this. When you know what God is about to do, it is easy for you to respond to him when he does it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing to us right now as we step into the new is our relationship with God. Because it is when we spend time with him, he will reveal to us what he's planning. A place of intimacy. One scripture that we've held on to over the last few months in Jesus' house is Psalms 25 verse 14. And I'll just mention, I will not necessarily read it, but the key element is this. When you spend time with God, he will reveal to you what he has held as a secret. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing I want you to realize is God wants to reveal secrets to you so that the new will show up in your life and you will be able to respond to him. The second thing I want you to remember about the new, and this is the pattern. Remember, this is a pattern. This is what God does all the time. The second thing you will realize is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will always work in tandem. They will always work in unity. That means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will work together to bring the new to pass. Now, let me pause. There's a great example in the Bible of this. If you can turn in your Bible, if you're sitting at home, please turn in your Bible. If you're here, please turn in your Bible to John chapter 16, reading from verses 13 to 15. And I will read that to us, but I'll read it from the Amplified Bible. And this is what I want you to realize. The Bible says the following, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take off, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. This is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, and disclose, and transmit them to you. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means is this. The Father has an intention or a plan. The Bible says he will reveal it to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, on his way to explain it to you, will draw upon the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, please understand something. The three things that are mentioned, God's will, the intention and activities of the Holy Spirit, and the victory of our Lord and Savior are all in the past tense. They are established. They are set. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, when God wants to establish the new, when like he wants to heal you or he'll want to guide you, or he will want to lead you into an industry you may not have been in before, he will draw upon something that has been made possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, why is this important? And then the Holy Ghost will reveal it. He will empower it. He will make it real to you. Why is this important? Because all those three things are infallible. God's will, the activities of the Holy Ghost, and the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please understand something about the new. It is going to happen, and it will happen. And the key element is this. Why is it important for us to know this? Because the only variable element is you or I. And that means your responses in this season are vital. And when you respond to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, revealing to you and making real to you the victory of Jesus, the will and intention of the Father will become a reality because it is infallible. The third thing I want you to remember about the new, and this is quite important, it's this. God, when God wants to introduce the new, God will always work in tandem with a man. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the new might be exactly that new, but we have a part to play. When God wants to introduce the new, he will always work in tandem with a man. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let me say it this way. When God wants to solve a problem, he's going to send you into a situation. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, when God wants to introduce something new into a school, a home, or a life, he's going to empower, he's going to teach and instruct you, and he's going to send you. Now, it sounds really highfalutin. There are lots of examples in the Bible I could go through, but sometimes a story explains it much better. And this is the story. And I've titled it, The Parable of the Lost Sock. I, I walk regularly, and so a few, a few weeks ago, I was going on a walk, but then I decided that, you know what, I will go at a different time of the day, one of those nudges. I just decided that, you know what, it's a pretty much a, a quiet day, probably it's a Sunday afternoon or something, and I said, let me go on a walk. I have a goal, which is 10,000 steps, because I really would like to lose weight, and in all sincerity, as I began, I set my mind like that, pretending like I'm an Olympian. I really did. As I set foot out of the door, I had taken two steps and the Holy Ghost said this. He said, this particular walk is not about 10,000 steps. I said, okay. And he said, follow me. So I didn't follow a set route. I just said, okay, when he says go left, I go left. When he says to go right, I go right. I am walking around a small town, so I'm not really lost. Halfway through my walk, I get to a place that I don't normally go down and the Holy Spirit says go left. I go left. And I start walking down that road, and then he gets to the end and says, go left again. And I start going left, and I'm now walking towards home. As I get halfway down that road, I see a lady walking towards me. As she walks towards me, she has a baby in a carrier that is on her chest. The kind of, you know, the ones where you can pop them into a pouch. So the baby is having a wonderful time looking left or right. But this is a tiny baby, so it was in the pouch. 
as she walked past me, I noticed that that baby is only wearing one sock. The baby was brand new, and it's not something that you would normally do, but I noticed. So I kept walking. And I thought, I wonder where that sock has been dropped. So I started scanning the pavement, and I noticed about 15 feet ahead of me a tiny sock. I bent down, picked the sock up, and I turned round and began to go after the lady. I walked at a pretty reasonable pace. By the time she got to her door, I was one step behind her. She got to her door, put the shopping down, and realized, oh my goodness, my baby has lost its sock. Now, if you're a new mother, you realize the things that work are priceless. She turns around and begins to go back on, to go back on herself to look for the sock. I am now standing in her at the end of her driveway, holding out the sock she's looking for. I hand it over, I say a mumbled God bless you, turn around and walk away while she's staring and wonder that my goodness, God, you're very kind. So listen very carefully. When God wants to send the new into a place, he will work in tandem with a man. You, ladies and gentlemen, are about to experience, whether you're listening to me at home, whether you're in England or whether you're further afield, you are an everyday miracle for somebody and God's about to work with you to make it happen. That's what always happens. So be prepared for God to work with you to bring the new into reality. I hope I've made my point. Let's keep going. The next thing I want you to always to realize when God brings the new into the world is this. God will always expect the response of belief. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me and hear me at home. If you're sitting down somewhere, hear me well. The one thing God expects when he tells you about the new is that he expects a response of belief. You cannot separate the new <laughs> from the ingredient of faith. It is not possible. In Genesis chapter 2 verses 19 to 20, I'll tell you the story. I would not necessarily read it. The Lord is about to bring the new into the world. He has placed the man that he has created into a garden and he says, you know what? I want you to, this is the garden. Now let's go to work. The Bible says that God creates all the animals and he brings them to Adam so that Adam will see and then declare that this is what this animal is or this is what this creature is. Remember, Adam had never seen any of these creatures before. But he had a relationship with God. So when God told him, this is a lion, Adam then had to declare in this realm, this is a lion in absolute faith. The Bible says when he did so, because he was at one with his father, as you, ladies and gentlemen, and hear me well if you're sitting at home, as you are at one with the Holy Ghost, when you declare the words of God, the words of your mouth will have the same effect as the ones that come out of God's mouth, and things will begin to happen. God will always expect the response of belief when he's introducing the new. So when he tells you something, when he presents tomorrow to you, when he gives you an opportunity, he will always expect a response of faith. And let me define faith in very simple terms as we move on. This is key. Faith, ladies and gentlemen, is having the same confidence in the words of God that God has in his words himself. 
So that means when God says, this is what tomorrow will look like, ladies and gentlemen, hear me well. That means you will believe that not only can, God can. Not only will, God will. But not only will God do it on your behalf, but he will do so for you. I want you to realize when you have the same level of confidence in what God says as God has himself, miracles begin to happen. And there will always be that necessity of belief when God introduces the new. The fifth thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you are keeping track, is this. God will always work when he's introducing the new through the medium of obedience. When God wants to introduce the new into the world he will always work through the medium of obedience that means he's going to tell you something or he's going to tell a man something when that man carries it out the new will show up because let's settle something God is the initiator the creator and the source of whatever he calls new that means when he tells you and we respond the bible says as the examples are replete the Bible says God will respond by not only making the new happen, but he will reward you for your courage. And let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 to 18. And I'll tell you the story. I would like to read it to you, but I'll tell you the story. Abraham has already presented his son to the Lord. He has sacrificed the ram. He's got his son back. But then the Bible says, when that offering rises, God responds. Hence, God speaks from heaven. And this is what he says. He says very clearly that the Lord, the Lord says the following. He says that because you have done this, I swear by myself to bless you and bless your descendants. Not only that, will I give, I'll give you a family bigger than anybody else in the world because you have obeyed me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize something, and this is really key. Why does God work through the medium of obedience? Because obedience frees the Lord to reward you. A reward is not a wage. Because if God had to work by a wage or a set amount, as one person does something, he would be duty-bound to do the same to another. But the other person may have a different set of needs. So what does God do? He works by obedience. He will tell you to do something. And he will realize that when you obey him, you're doing it from your original set of circumstances. And then he is free to reward you and a reward is determined by the resources and the ability of the rewarder he doesn't have to do the same thing twice that means for one of you when one person brings a penny and one person brings a million god can bless them as if they had brought the same amount why because god works by reward it takes the limits of the almighty hear me well why am i saying this the new that you're looking for is exactly that something never seen before something unique 
Something that's going to change the world, not only for you, but for somebody else. And God will reward you for your obedience. But let me go on. We're we're driving towards a close soon. The next thing I want you to remember about God bringing in the new, and remember we're talking about the pattern of the new, it's this. God will make the new a reality by the exertion of his power. Let me repeat that. God will make what he is telling you is the new to happen by an exertion of his power. That means, ladies and gentlemen, all you have to do is believe him. The power and the ability of God is going to make the tomorrow he promises you happen. He's not asking you to make it happen. He says, walk with me while I make it happen. Now remember, this is key. That means that particular child that is refusing to work with you right now, the one that you think is beyond help, hear me well. When God wants to introduce the new, he's going to do it in such a way that the power of God will hit that child and the turnaround will blow your mind. Why am I saying it? hear me well the new will always require the miraculous to get done that means the one who does the miraculous is God so please although it might be scary although it might be difficult to understand although it may be something you've never seen before remember when God wants to bring the new into reality he does it by a demonstration of his power not yours A biblical reference you can hold on to while we move on is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to down to verse 20. That's a key element, but in all sincerity, but we're going to move on. Remember, hold on to this. Let's make it simpler. Isaiah 43, reading from verse 19. Remember, when the Lord brings the new in, he says, I'll do two things. I'll make a way in the wilderness and I'll make rivers in the desert. The miraculous necessary for the new to become a reality in your life hear me well, is about to happen now. Why? Because God's about to do it. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to me, the power to get what God is presenting to you done is from him. And we speak, I speak that, I actually, I, I, I sense the Holy Ghost. I pause for a moment and I say this, whoever is watching me, listening, or holding on for a miracle, whereby the new looks impossible, hear me well. I sense in the spirit that the Lord says, the power to get it done has been released on your behalf. Whether you're listening to me in America, whether you're listening to me in Nigeria, country circumstances, irrespective, the new will happen. And if it happens to be your birthday in the month of July, I hear very strongly in my spirit, this particular month will mark a turning point for you. Let's go on. We're almost done. The next thing I want you to remember about the new is this. God will always birth the new when he walks with you alone. Now, let me say this in a very, very key phrase. When God wants to birth the new, he will do it as he walks with you alone. The new will not come from a crowd to an individual. 
but it will come into the life of an individual. And as we as individuals begin to live out the new, it will move from there to become a movement. But God works the new when he causes you to walk alone. Now, there are two things I want you to remember. I, I have scriptures for this, but let me just give you an example. Please hear me well. When you find yourself alone in the next few weeks or months, don't panic. Because when God tells you this is the way to go, more than likely, nobody else will understand. But they will eventually follow you when God proves himself right. Hear me well. There, are, there is a replete set of examples in the Bible. Jesus, Jacob, Moses, David, Ruth, name it. God will always cause the new to become a reality when he causes you to walk alone, one-on-one -on -one with him. Then he will birth it in your heart. As you begin to live it out, a crowd will begin to follow you. My prayer for you as I close out this point is this. May God cause you to find your audience. May God cause you to find your audience. Let's, we've got two more points to go. The second, the, um, the next thing I want us to remember is this. When the new is coming, God will always require you to confront what scares you the most when he's bringing the new into your life. Listen to me carefully. The list of examples throughout the Bible, Jesus had to face the issue of being separated from his father when the weight of sin, our sin, hit his shoulders. Moses had to go back to a place where he was rejected. David had to face rejection when he stood in front of 400 angry killers who had just lost their family. Ruth had to decide that I have to marry another Israelite. The last time there were no children, and this time I'm older. Listen to me very carefully. God will always cause you to confront what scares you the most when he's bringing the new into reality. Psalm 23 is one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 23... And it's reading from one to six. It starts really great. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. Wonderful. Then the Bible says that he restoreth my soul. So in that place, restoreth my soul, ladies and gentlemen, it actually means to go with the flow. It's a gentle restoration. It's the way you feel when you're walking or cruising in an anointing. Things are just happening. <clears throat> but then the Bible says that the Lord says he will restore my soul. And then he says he will cause me to walk in paths of righteousness for his namesake. But the, the word there says he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Leadeth is used twice. The first one is gentle. The second one means something completely different. Because when God has restored your soul, when God has restored you to who you really are, and let me say this in Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world, hear me, you are not a victim when you're walking in Jesus Christ. You are a victor. You are over and above. So when God makes that a reality, 
The Bible then says he leads you a second time. And this time, notice, when the Lord leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake, notice from verse 4 that the circumstances change. The Bible says that you walk through the shadow of the valley of death. The Bible says that the, the rod and the staff of the Lord comfort you because there's nothing else to hold on to. The Bible says you walk straight into the presence of your enemies where you realize God has planned a victory. The Bible says that your head is anointed in such a way that your cup runs over, meaning that there's an excess amount of anointing to get done what God needs has to get done because you're facing opposition like you've never faced before. The Bible then says that the goodness and the grace and the presence of God begin to follow you. That means where you're going, it is not there. Hear me well. You will have to confront what you fear the most when God brings the new in, but it will be worth it because God does not fail. Last point. Wherever you're listening to me in the world, last point is this. God will always create an environment for the new to be the most viable option. Now this one, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we're going to close it out. Because when God wants to make sure the new is viable, he creates an environment to make it so. And so ladies and gentlemen, hear me well. Please write this word down wherever you are. The word crisis. Whenever God is introducing the new into the world, it is because he is solving a crisis. That means a crisis is not your worst enemy. It is the platform God has created to bring the new into the world. Now let me explain this through chess. What do I mean by crisis? A crisis means seasons are about to change. Imagine two players, one playing black pieces, one playing white pieces. I may have a game plan, but then the person with the black pieces may move one piece. What does that create for me? A crisis, something I have to respond to. And ladies and gentlemen, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and this is where we're going to end, ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully. When God wants to bring the new into the world, read through the Bible, a crisis is never absent because the kingdom of darkness will do something saying that we've won the game and then God will introduce you into the mix and you will come by the grace and the power of the Holy Ghost doing something unplanned, unexpected and unprecedented and all of a sudden things will change. All you did was respond. Listen carefully. A crisis is something you have to respond to and things will change. Why? God has got your back. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that every time a crisis comes, hear me very well, listen carefully, with every crisis, God has provided a way of escape so that you may bear it, go through, through it, and come out the other side successful. Ladies and gentlemen, what have I done this morning? Because I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, I'm done. I've presented to you the patterns that God follows when he brings the new into the world. Why? Because the only thing he requires from you and I is a response. I'll prove it to you as we close. And it's this. I don't know where you are or whether you know the Lord. 
I don't know whether or not you know him as a person. You might be looking, sitting there thinking that they forced me to watch this program. They forced me to turn the laptop on. My mum's turned it up loud enough in the kitchen so I can hear it in bed. Listen to me very carefully. What is God doing? He's doing it so that he will get a response. And the response to God when it comes to salvation is always miraculous. It is also infallible. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to me this morning, two groups of people I want to minister to just before I close. The first one is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, then I'm presenting to you the fact that God only wants a response. And what's the response? He says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you declare that he is your Lord and Savior, there will be a miraculous response. And the miraculous response will be an exchange. He will take your life and give you his. And then a journey of discovery will begin to flow. And if that's you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to give your life to the Lord, then please I encourage you to say those words that Jesus, come into my life, come and be Lord of my life. I choose you today. Forgive my sins and make me a follower and a believer of you. The Bible records, ladies and gentlemen, the response will be miraculous. If you're watching, listening on a particular video screen, you'll see a pop-up, you will see a button, and it will ask you to follow it, to click it, so that we can walk along with you on this journey. But I hear me well. It is a journey, and it will be miraculous, but you will get there. We are living proof that God will keep his word. The second group of people that I want to minister to as we close is this. The Lord is presenting to you the new. He's presenting to you something unprecedented. He's presenting to you a tomorrow or a today that's never been seen before. And all he wants you to do is respond. Now you know that if you're in a crisis or if you find yourself in a place of seclusion, you're walking alone, or you find that God expects a, a burden of faith, or you find that God is presenting, asking you to do something, walk with somebody, act with something, then he's asking it because he has planned a tomorrow that will make history. The value of what you are carrying is critical. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to lift your voice in prayer. And I want you to ask that the Holy Ghost just gives you the strength to respond the strength to say yes, the strength to go with God because the outcome will be miraculous. The value of what you are carrying is somebody else's miracle and God is about to bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, God will be kind to you, God will keep you and God will strengthen you. Welcome to the new.